Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Craig Hoffman here with a small disclaimer for this episode. It was recorded about 8.30 a.m. on Monday morning before the news that Kellen Moore would be the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, something that is now signed, sealed, and official. So when we talk about him as a candidate for the Commanders, we obviously didn't know that. Uh, The conversation we had about Moore was still pretty interesting, and so we're going to leave it in the podcast. But no, obviously it was recorded before he took a different job. So with that, here's the Tuesday pod. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And we enter now week three, Logan, of the offensive coordinator search. And somehow it is growing as opposed to being narrowed down. Eric Bieniemy is going to get an interview. Uh, we'll see when, or they've been one's been requested. Same for Anthony Lynn, uh, most recently assistant head coach with the 49ers, who obviously now his season is over for Bieniemy. Uh, he is allowed to interview in this time for Lynn. between for Lynn, uh, right? Uh, well, season's over for, yeah, yeah, season's, season's over, over for Lynn. Lynn. Yep. And then Bienemy is allowed to interview in this time between the championship games and the Super Bowl uh, for him as Kansas City is off to face Philadelphia. Also, uh, Kellen Moore is now available. So, somewhat of a surprise there. The Cowboys move on from him. So is that someone that Washington should consider hiring? Is it someone they should at least consider for an interview? Little little gamesmanship, perhaps. Hey, how does how does Mike McCarthy think about offense? Uh, that's, that's a question we'll ask later in the podcast, but let's start, uh, Logan with just this process in general for Ron Rivera. It has taken a lot longer than I think some people expected. Uh, I think a lot of us expected it to be over relatively quickly. Um, but it also is pretty in line with the rest of the league. The rest of the league seems to be waiting as well. And there's a couple of reasons why, you know, Sean Payton on the head coaching front, is he going to do anything? That OC job in LA to go get and uh, get to coach Justin Herbert is one that a lot of the top candidates perhaps are waiting on. But for Washington, it seems like they're waiting on someone who is not available to them yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm curious why that is. Like, obviously, there's candidates that have to play out playoff games, but does that say anything about the candidates they've interviewed so far um, that they would be settling for someone? Or they does Ron just have the luxury because of who he's looking at to kind of wait it out and make everyone wait with him? Yeah, I mean, it's been a really interesting process because initially, like kind of all signs, at least in my opinion, were pointing to this idea that, you know, he was going to hire somebody that he knew that he felt familiar with that was kind of running a, a similar version of what they were doing the year before. And I think that made a lot of sense because, you know, you kind of have a we, we've talked about the ownership and how there's this year parameter. We've talked about Sam Howell and how that's probably beneficial for him and his growth. It's probably beneficial for everybody in the offense, right? If it's if it's closer rather than further away. Um, from what they were doing last year. However, in like a recent interview with Julie Donaldson, he kind of mentioned that he's looking for something a little bit different, right? And so we were kind of all looking at these candidates from this lens in the sense saying, oh, you know, he's looking for a, basically a retread of Scott Turner with more experience. And that's why everyone was kind of saying Shermer. Right. A better or, version of Turner. Right. Shermer or Zampezi felt like the guy because that's what they were, right? They had experience. They've called plays before. They've been around a long time. And no one was really inspired by that hire. And I think the length of this interview process, I think, kind of probably speaks to the fact that he is looking for something a little bit different than what everybody thought. And I think that it's probably a good thing, you know, from a from a football high concept standpoint. But I also think that it's going to be tough to like learn a new offense for a lot of these guys. So while there are some benefits to it, there also are also some negatives. And like with any decision, like just like going with a retread type type guy or a guy who's very similar to Scott has its own disadvantages because you're in kind of the same offense. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see what they finally do here. And it, it does feel like they're waiting for somebody in the playoff picture, right? They're waiting to get access to somebody. And maybe that's just to kind of flush out their final evaluation you mentioned the enemy and i think you know his you know andy reed's relationship to ron is extremely well documented so if andy reed kind of says hey the enemy's your guy i'm sure ron would would take that you know in, in the same way that like if you know one of my old mentors was like hey man like this is what you should do i'd probably be like all right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna really take a good look at that so i think he's probably that feels like what they're doing right now um i don't have any information on that at all but that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they're waiting to kind of get the enemy to interview. And then I don't know who else they would have to interview after that, quite frankly, um, before they make a decision. Yeah, you're starting to run out of guys um, unless there's someone on Philly staff, which it seems like all the Philly folks are the ones that are up for the top, top jobs, right. if you will. Um, they're younger guys, maybe looking for a little bit more stability. Steichen's obviously looking. Their OC is looking at head coaching jobs. Uh, their quarterback's coach is said to be in the mix for a couple of OC jobs, um, not including here. So it certainly would be from the Kansas City side of things. And I don't know. It's interesting because you talk about the benefits of, of the same offense, whatever. Like all offenses work on paper. So right. you know, it's a matter of how it's called and how it's taught. Um, and perhaps sometimes not even in that order. Um, how it's taught, like how uh, well your players are prepared to execute is really, really essential um, down in, down out. And then obviously you need to be able to, to sequence it well in the games to maximize it. So it's not like you need to switch offenses because the offense that existed here was a quote-unquote good offense it just wasn't taught very well and it wasn't maximized by the sequencing and the play calling um that said I think it's pretty easy to fight back against the continuity argument because continuing what 
Like yeah. they've they've been twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, like in that range of offense every year Scott Turner was here. So maybe it's not a great fit for the pieces that are here. Maybe there are some things that need to be changed. And so it kind of gets to like what is the best version? Like I know you're obviously not interviewing candidates, so it's you know asking you like who would you hire is not really a fair question. But from that profile standpoint, in terms of an actual offense and then the characteristics of the person that you want. Like, what is it that you would be looking for if you're Rivera? Not not what you think he's looking for, but what you right. would be looking for. Well, I think what I would be looking for is someone from one of these trees, you know, one of these uh, Kyle Shanahan, Gary Kubiak trees. And they've got a couple guys that have interviewed from those from those point of views. And I also think, like, this Biennemi hire is really interesting to me. Like, um, Biennemi was a coach when I was at UCLA. So he coached me. He coached the running backs when I was there. And he is a guy who, uh, in my experience, he's a very aggressive communicator, but he finds a way to kind of teach and motivate and his standard is extraordinarily high. And so I don't think there's any, it's not like, you know, a random thing that he goes, you know, at UCLA, he's got Maurice Jones-Drew, who's an excellent football player, but almost wins the Heisman that year. Then he goes to Minnesota with Adrian Peterson and Adrian Peterson breaks kind of all of his personal records under Eric Bieniemy's tutelage. Like he is a guy who has a, a, a absolute standard and is going to let you know about that standard. And, you know, that's one of the criticisms of the previous staff was that how well were they being coached? You know, they didn't always know. And at least in my experience, and this was 15 years ago, like that was the guy that he was. And, you know, you hear guys about Kansas city, how he's, um, you know, that's kind of how he, it seems like he's maintained that kind of posture. So, if you want someone who's going to be kind of dynamic and aggressive, I think that's interesting. So I think the reason I bring that up is because I want someone who's an excellent teacher. And I think you you hit something very interesting there. Like, is it the play calling sequence or is it how you teach it? Because when you watch Kansas City's offense, like I went, went back before this last playoff game and watched some of their games, it's not like they're doing anything magical. It's like the guys just know what to do. They know what the concept is designed to do. And they run their routes according, like Travis Kelsey, like I've talked about this before, but it just blows my mind that more teams don't do this. So on scissors, right? So you're running a, the tight end's running a corner, the outside receiver's running a post. Mm -hmm. Every single team runs that concept. It is good versus cover three. It's okay versus cover two. Um, It's probably dead versus quarters because there's two dudes standing right there, but it can be good versus quarters. So I remember in the preseason game, we're running, they're running scissors we the the commanders have it covered they've matched it correctly and on the corner travis kelsey just runs a sit and he's in this huge void and again that's something that they have built in that offense and so um it's it is interesting like do they teach that or is that just players being players is that kelsey and mahomes having great chemistry because a big portion of their offense is is the feel of patrick mahomes and the feel of these guys in the room but again like so teaching executing all those things are a super high priority for me so again my i'm partial to the tree that i'm from so you know uh studesville is a guy that i think is very interesting um london is a guy that i think is very interesting the tight end coach from la is interesting but again the parameter of that one year would probably make me lean to, to studesville and then i think the b enemy hire is interesting because of this kind of the, the pedigree that he brings and the standard that he brings and it'll be interesting to see if he could do it outside of the halo of Andy Reid, but I do think that's interesting. So I, I, let's, let's double down on, on uh, the enemy here. Um, one, 
that is absolutely his reputation in the league. Like he and Mahomes have famously got into it. They're obviously have a very good relationship and continued to work together, but they have gotten into it over on the sideline or in practice. And, and that is pretty well known that because he holds guys to such a high standard and he can be a, a brash and harsh communicator at times that it, it can rub players the wrong way. Um, you know, so having the right staff and that's where someone like a Rivera or an Andy Reid to be able to smooth things over is important. Um, you know, if you're Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey and you're confident and comfortable with, with who you are as a player, um, that can work. Mm -hmm. Um, you need, you need players who are confident and have strong personalities to be able to withstand that. I don't say withstand, but like take that kind of coaching. It is kind of, it it becomes either either withstand or take, right? Right. Um, that kind of coaching. And if they take it, then it's really positive. If they're just withstanding it, then you better be winning. Cause otherwise when you don't, there's going to be resentment. It's going to blow up. Um, or it can just break and melt players. But you know, you do have, you know, you talk about, Peterson and, and MJD like Brian Robinson was went to Alabama like that dude's used to hard coaching right um mm-hmm. so could he really thrive under someone like the enemy so that's that's part one in terms of his reputation and the standard part sounds great um but you do have to wonder what his reputation is as a communicator mm-hmm. and if that's why he struggled in some of these head coaching interviews um where you know maybe the reputation is yeah this will work if you have a head coach over it who can mitigate some of that communication, but also mm. would not work himself as a head coach. So that's, that's, that's something to consider yeah. with that part of it. But the question I, so I've got two questions really about the enemy one, how much of what is happening in Kansas city is him versus Andy, which I only care about because if he's going to come here, like, is, yeah. is you just getting some a guy who's worked under Andy Reid and then you don't get Andy Reid and then it doesn't work? Um, or is can he really truly bring that here? Um, you know, whether he's been doing it in, in Casey or not, frankly, it's not really about the credit there. It's about his ability to take those same details and some of the things that Andy has been doing since he was in Philly in the early 2000s and Green Bay in the 90s. Like the they've been great on the, in the screen game, for instance, the entire time. So are you going to get that? Andy Reid quality with someone else. And then the other thing is, why would Biennemi come here? Like, yeah. if it's an OC move, like, I guess because Reid does some of, if not all of the play calling there, mm-hmm. it's not quite a lateral move. And I know his contract is up as well. So mm. it is it is a situation where he's a coaching free agent at the end of the season and I think Andy's probably been preparing for him to leave for a long time because he would assume that he would have gotten a head coaching job by now. But like, what is it about this or any other job? Like, if you're going to be an OC, why wouldn't you just stay in Kansas City? That's that's what I don't understand about this enemy situation. Like, I guess if you're him, it makes sense. Or if Andy's like, hey, man, if you ever want to become a head coach, it's pretty clear you got to go somewhere else and like do this outside of my ring. Um, and maybe that's the appealing thing. It's it's better career advancement for Bienemy. But I really don't understand what it is that would be appealing about leaving Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, and competing for a Super Bowl every year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I agree. I think that it's it seems like a lateral move, but I do think at some point all coaches want to kind of get out of the shadow of their mentor. And let's let's break this down into, into multiple parts because you have multiple, multiple questions. So is there value to him coming here, having been in the Andy Reid system for 10 years? Absolutely. And, no, I, and no what, what, what I mean by that is because you see how he how Andy teaches stuff. Right. There's not it's it's not it's not random that Mike Kafka, the OC in New York, coaches the offense the way they do. It's because he's been 
He's seen Andy Reid do it. It's, it's kind of like watching how Kyle did stuff and then how Sean adopted a lot of what Kyle did, not from a concept standpoint, but from a communication standpoint and from a point of emphasis standpoint. And that is valuable to have guys who see how Kyle or Sean grinds the tape, how they communicate, how they interact with players. That is valuable because those guys are successful. Now, you don't want no them doubt. to mirror them one for one, but you want them to bring their own flavor to it. And that's why they that's what's going to make them a good coordinator. But I think that is really valuable, like being in different systems, being with greatness, so to speak, and understanding how to kind of evolve. like Andy Reid. I mean, everyone's, I talk about Kyle a lot, but I have never been more impressed with a coach than Andy Reid or maybe the kid, the guy in Philadelphia. And why is that? It's because they had a system, this kind of high-flying Philadelphia, Donovan McNabb, fast receiver system. He goes to Kansas City, and Alex Smith is, Smith is the quarterback, and they become a run-first team, like running 60% of the time and and majoring in that, majoring in different personnel, majoring in – and for you as a coach to identify that and make those changes is truly remarkable. And that's essentially what uh, Sirianni did in Philadelphia. He was a spread them out you know, get the ball over the field type guy. And then it was like, no, we're going to be a run first kind of insulate the quarterback type of offense for a while. And then they grew into this kind of modern iteration, you know, the team that's going to the Super Bowl. So I, I think they're to, to have someone who's been around Andy Reid for 10 years, you know, talk about stuff rubbing off on you. Like you're going to know how he teaches the screen game. You're going to know how he teaches concepts. You're going to know how he preps. That's another thing that's really, really valuable. So I was with, um, Frank Smith in Chicago, and he was under Sean Payton in um, in New Orleans for a long time, for like mm-hmm. seven years. And one of the things that he would always bring to our meetings is how Sean would break down the film and like, oh, we got to look at third down in this way. We got to look at the red zone in this way. And that was extremely advantageous for me because it showed the level of detail that um, that New Orleans was approaching the game with. And I think that that, that, is, that is very, very valuable just to have. And now, you know, how much of it, you know, like I think you see like uh, Bill Belichick's tree, right? And how they come out and they're not doing that well as head coaches or offensive coordinators or whatever it may be. I think a big part of that is because they try too much to be like Bill. Like you need to kind of take that information, internalize it, and then execute it as you feel is appropriate. But I do think to me that he that's that's very, very valuable to, to kind of have that, um, you, you know, that exposure, I think. And, I, I you know, I would be... I think it would be awesome to have a guy like that here. Now, would it work? Yeah. Who knows? Because, like, to your second point, like, that offense is sick. Like, they've got five dudes who are balling on the offensive line. They've got excellent skill position player depth. They've got the best quarterback in football. Like, I was watching the first uh, Cincinnati game right before I got on here, and the offense is is good. They're super efficient running the football because they've got excellent offensive linemen and excellent backs, and the scheme's excellent. So all those things kind of can – can you have a good running game without one of those things? Probably, but it's going to be much harder. And then you get Patrick Mahomes, who's just balling. So is the scheme, is the scheme, is Andy Reid's scheme as they're running it in Kansas City now transcendent enough to elevate the playmakers that they have here in Washington? And I think that is a really big question. Or would it require a certain amount of innovation from a guy like Biennemi to kind of f- more acutely fit what they've got going on here now? And that, to me, is the major question in him leaving Kansas City. He has everything, every possible thing you could want. Right. And here, unfortunately, it's not the same thing. It would be interesting if he's the hire to go back. Um, and I guess we'll probably do this if he is the hire. Go back to when they had um, Tyreek there. Yeah. Because 
that's probably a closer version of what this offense will attempt to look like in Washington with Howell and then the speed guys on the outside, right? They're, they're now so Travis Kelsey heavy, um, and it got even worse yesterday against Cincinnati because all their dudes got hurt on the outside, and right. they were down to literally three healthy receivers. They got, they got Jody Fortson out there playing slot receiver because they have to. Um, but they used to have, you know, Tyreek and then Mecole Hardman. And there was another super fast guy whose name I'm forgetting, but they had, they had the same like thing that Washington has where they got multiple four, three guys out there. Obviously Tyreek is a, is a four, two, maybe a four, one guy. Um, he's literally the fastest player in the sport, but Terry, you know, can do a lot of that stuff. Jahan can do a lot of that stuff. And and that would be really interesting to see how they leverage that speed and could be enemy bring that here. Um, all in all, it's, it's going to be interesting because he also, you know, we say all that he is a running backs coach um, yeah. by trade. And obviously he's been an OC for a long time. Um, I don't know how much play calling he does um, right. versus how much Andy does. It seems like both of them are, are talking pretty frequently when they do like the cutaways on the sideline. Um, we can certainly get someone from Casey on who would know um, and get more, yeah. more um, insight into that. If, if he's the higher, he becomes the favorite later in the week, but um, there's so much good there. Um, there's so much intrigue there in terms of that 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 like level of detail set to excellent. That's that's something this team right. needs. Right. Um, that's something this team desperately needs. And um, you know, even if it would be for a year and everyone gets blown out and then someone else comes in, that feels like it would be a good thing for like a Terry McLaurin to really understand and get. Um, not that Terry's like a lazy player, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. you know, these, these guys are, are still relatively young. Terry's had so much turnover, um, you know, with, with offensive coaches in his career, like, could you get a B enemy in here even for a year and have that be a, something that, that takes his career to an even higher level when he's already one of the, you know, 10 best receivers in football, a young guy like Jahan learning that, I think mm-hmm. that could be really good, um, for all of them. And, and, you know, Curtis too, um, to see what he could do with him considering what they used to do with Tyreek and, and as a running back and, and all those things ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. Logan, of course, 10-year NFL veteran. I host the Hoffman Show on the Team 983-6 every weekday. Used to be on the beat covering Washington. Uh, if you're new to the program, make sure you're subscribed. We would appreciate it anywhere you're listening or watching right now. So the other name that came out over the weekend, Logan, is Anthony Lynn, uh, former Chargers head coach, uh, was last year, like I guess two last years ago, if you will, uh, the OC in Detroit. They move on from him. Their offense took off under Ben Johnson this year. But Lynn went out to San Francisco this past season uh, and was the assistant head coach under Kyle and and had some other responsibilities, running backs coach, I think, um, out there. So... Um, what do you make of him as a candidate? And, and also, uh, as we were talking about this before the show, you, you, you noticed a pattern here that, that to you speaks to something perhaps even larger than Anthony Lynn. Yeah. I mean, so the, I think the pattern is interesting. They just seem to be inter- interviewing a lot of running backs coaches. I know there's a lot of guys who are not running backs coaches, but that seems to be something that they're prioritizing or maybe they're prioritizing. I don't know. It just, it, it seems a little weird because I'm trying to think like there are very few, you know, OCs who are former running back. Co- I mean, they've been a running back coach at some point in their career. In their career, but to go from running back coach to OC, it just seems like an unusual path. You know, like they usually go O line coach, quarterback coach, even tight ends coach. That's a very like a more common way to go. But so I, I just was surprised by that because um, you know usually running back coaches lack a little bit of like detailed understanding when it comes to the pass game, and they lack a little bit of detailed understanding when it comes to the I don't want to, this is a big generalization, so it's not true for everybody, but of the details of the offensive line when it comes to blocking certain looks, right? Because the back just is kind of reading the, reading the play out. And oftentimes they're not talking super specifically about like the fronts or the adjustments versus this pressure. And um, so I don't know, it just is interesting. Now, Anthony Lynn is a little bit different because he was a former head coach because he was at OC in Buffalo for a while. Um, you know, he kind of, there's a quote of him when he was in Buffalo getting the job and he said, Oh, you know, like my, we're going to find a way to take shots down the field and be explosive and do all these different things. I'm not sure how that turned out for him that year, but um, (laughs) it is, it is interesting to me that his name comes up because I I know him as a head coach. His offenses were okay in Buffalo. Not great. The teams were okay. Not great in Buffalo. So uh, I find it kind of interesting that he comes up and uh, he did have a relationship with Jack in, Jacksonville I think Jack fired him after a year or something like that so maybe that's what it is but um you know I think his reputation is very positive but in terms of like actually calling plays uh, I think he's kind of had um you know limited success I would say yeah uh, I'm looking actually through all of the uh the OCs right now and it's definitely mostly quarterbacks coaches assistant quarterback coaches you got a couple of O-line coaches in there um but like you said the the profile here is super interesting and obviously everyone talks about how much Rivera wants to run the football and that's how they want to build this team. But to you, like when we were talking about this before the show, you said then you shouldn't be necessarily looking at running backs coaches. You should be looking at O line coaches. Um, That does to me though, I I guess 
at least if you're a running backs coach, there's some elements of the passing game that you're familiar with. And depending sure. on how you run your offense, like some running backs, uh, you know, line up in the slot quite a bit and you have to understand a little bit more there where the, the offensive line literally doesn't care about the, the past concepts other than like, Hey, this is a, this is a deeper developing concept or this is quick game. Um, there's, there's not the, the actual ins and outs of the route, um, are, are second or, or I would say not even secondary. They don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. That said, it also matters who you know and what staff and all those kinds of things. And I do wonder if someone like Lynn, who's been a head coach, perhaps um, could bring in other folks that that he sure. likes. And, you know, yeah, no, I'm going to come with this OC, or this uh, wide receivers coach. And he's great at teaching the nuances of the routes the way we want them taught. Uh, and that's something that, that they can worry about. And I'll focus on the things that I'm great at. Not everyone can be great at everything. Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a, a quarterback coach, yeah, you know, some of the finer, or, you know, a lot of protection stuff, but the finer points of teaching it, like the points of emphasis on sure. hand placement, like you're not going to know. So how much of it is like who, you know, and who you can bring versus your own skill set? Because someone like Sean and Kyle, like they get out there and they run routes with receivers and they're stopping down and it looks really great in training camp. And everyone's like, wow, look at the attention to detail. But if you're, I don't know if you're Bill Callahan, like getting in there with the O lineman, you know, doing that as the OC, it may not get uh, quite as much credit, even though it's just as important as long. And then you just rely on your receivers coach to, and your quarterback and the quarterbacks coach to, to take care of some of that other stuff. Yeah, so a couple things there. So first, let me say like the fact that Lynn was hired by Kyle, I think is a really is a testament to him and the level of detail that he's going to approach things with. Because Kyle does not tolerate, um, you know, a, a non-detailed coach very well. He wants guys to to he holds guys to a very high standard. So the fact that he's in there, I think, and he's the assistant head coach, which is a very um, it kind of is a symbolic title largely, but it is significant that you get that title. It shows that they have a lot of respect for you. It increases your pay, all those different things. So I think that's part of it um, in terms of, so, so when I say the detail thing, so let's just take Sean, for example, like Sean knew the rules on every single protection. He knew the rules on every single route. He knew the rules for every single drop back. And that was him as a tight end coach. He knew all of that stuff in, in a, at a very high detail level. And, um, and traditionally, you know, like the, you know, the running back coaches that I've been exposed to are great coaches at coaching running backs, but in terms of having that comprehensive detailed understanding of the offense, it hasn't been to that level, which is again, maybe my, my career bias. Cause I'm like, Oh, like uh, this is an awesome dude. He knows how to coach running backs at a really high level, but he never had like that transcendent quality. And obviously Lynn does because he has been a head coach. So some someone somewhere thought, man, this guy's pretty impressive. And I've heard him give interviews. He's a very, very sharp guy. You know, does that make him a good play caller? You know, I think his career is a little bit hit or miss in that area. But yeah. um, so that, that's kind of what I'm saying when I say knowing stuff, because like all the guys now that I that I played with um, or that coached me that are now in OC positions, their level of detailed understanding of the offense was incredibly high because they could coach literally any position. They, they could say, hey, the quarterback, hey, we're going to go. This is the read progression. Now, they like you, like to your point, sometimes you need a special quarterback coach who says, hey, you know, when we're on our – when we get to our fifth step, it's really a fifth and a little bit of a hitch to get this ball out. You know, I don't know if Sean or – you know, Frank Smith or Wes Phillips would know that level of detail to coach the position, but they knew where the ball should go versus coverage X. So that's more what I'm talking about. It's just kind of this 
global understanding of the offense. And to your second point about can he bring people in, I think there is an advantage to that. There's an advantage to saying like he knows people, he's been around for a long time. Person X is a very good O-line coach. We need to get him in here. Person Y is a very good quarterback coach who's good at developing young talent. Or maybe he's a younger coach that I was exposed to when I was wherever I was, and I want yeah, to give I mean, him an hey, opportunity. Hey, you can get some some guy from Kyle's staff out in San Francisco, poach him, you know, that Kyle, Kyle's Kyle been mentoring, then that's a that's a great person to have. Right. And I think um, – I, so, so I, I don't think it just it just seems like a strange it's a strange position to pull from running back coach. You I, usually you see, hey, it's a quarterback coach. It's an O-line coach. It's, um, you know, even a receiver coach. I'd be a little bit like, what's that about? Because they don't usually have a global understanding of the offense the way those other positions do. Even a tight end coach, because they like we talked about, they coach protections they coach routes they coach yeah. all the different elements of it so um that, that's the only reason that i'm kind of like this is a weird point of emphasis but um you know of the two i'm definitely more excited about the enemy but i don't know i think that's probably more associated with name recognition i think it's like lynn's probably a because he's called plays he's done it in his own kind of sphere before um maybe a better endorsement of him than people want to give it credit for or at least yeah. i do yeah definitely so he He's been a part of some really good run offenses, and I think that's obviously the appeal. Um, you know, he was there with Rex Ryan and those Jets teams that went to back-to-back AFC championship games. He, he was the running backs coach on those teams. Um, and then I think was also 15-16 would have been with Rex in Buffalo. Uh, he was the assistant head coach and running backs coach there, and then eventually the OC uh, in that, that second year before getting to the Chargers as head coach. Um, so, and even like his year in Detroit last year, like, were they good? No. Um, were they a team that were as good as they were offensively this year? Absolutely not. But they did have some pretty big rushing numbers. Like DeAndre Swift had a good year and and Jamal Williams had a good year. Um, and so it, it is like what he does, he clearly does well. The question is, is what he does what you want? And the same thing uh, for, you know, all these other guys that we're talking about. Like, what is the philosophy? How does it uh, go to the the personnel that we have here? And can you implement and teach it? And, and then we get back to all the stuff we were talking off off the top. But um, it is interesting that you know Charles London, Bienemy, even though again he's he and Lynn have been OCs. Like, it is a there, there's a there's a clear path. Like Rivera is telling us something about this. He's not going nuts getting a bunch of quarterbacks coaches in here for mm. interviews. Yeah. And I do think this is another thing I wanted to bring up about the coordinator thing. Just because you're a good coach does not mean you're a good coordinator. Like it's a different type of coaching. And I think that's important for people to understand. Like I'm sure Lynn, Lynn, I'm sure all these dudes are fantastic coaches. That's why they're in this mix. It's right. just about taking that style of coaching and saying, does this project to being a coordinator on some yeah. level? Does and that's where something like Lynn's head coaching experience is, right. is would be good because I mean he was a good head coach in LA he wasn't great but like he yeah. had a couple of double digit win seasons his first couple of years um there yeah, they were 12 and, and four with uh Philip Rivers his first year yeah and then obviously things went a little sideways uh they ultimately uh get rid of him and bring in Staley as they draft Justin Herbert but you know if you can get up in front of the room and command the room like yeah. that's that's a huge skill as a coordinator and Lynn very clearly has that um, and has a lot of experience doing that in front of the full room, nevertheless, just the offensive room. I mean, absolutely. So I think that's why, you know, like when you're 
So, so there's a couple things like on a resume that I like to see. I like to see, hey, was this guy a pass game coordinator? Was he a run game coordinator? Because that shows that you are developing a plan. You, you know how to kind of game plan and make things happen. The other thing is you want to see how they communicate with the team because that's a huge part of it. Because like you're not just teaching four guys, you're teaching 30 guys. And that is something that is really hard. And um, you know, one of the things Kyle used to do, and again, that I think is really interesting, is he would do his offensive install with the entire team in there. He would like, so some, like I've been on staffs where the O-line would leave, the tight ends leave, and he would let the position coaches do that. But one of the things I think Kyle did a good job was identifying, like, I'm good at installing and communicating coaching points. So I'm going to do this for the whole team. And I thought that was really interesting to kind of know where your strengths are. And, and, and then it also speaks to the thing you were talking about earlier. Do you hire a whole bunch of coaches you trust to like break out and install the offense the way you want to install it. So I think all that stuff is really compelling. And I think a guy like Lynn, who's had that type of experience as a head coach, he can delegate, he's a position coach. He can, he knows the X's and O's I think is really is value. It is valuable. That's why Studesville is interesting, right? Cause he's been a coordinator at some point in his career. That's why Schirmer's interesting. Cause they've done it. You know, they have experience with it and the enemy is good because again, he, I think probably handles the actual day-to-day installs. I don't know if he handles the play calling, but all those things make you gravitate towards those candidates because they've done it. And because you only have a year here, like you need to make sure the person you're hiring feels very comfortable doing that. No doubt about it. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tank Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, just subscribe to us right now if you're not already. Uh, Spotify, they call it a follow, Logan, as opposed to a subscribe. Oh. You can do that there. Uh, and, then, and then if you're watching on YouTube, hello, hi, uh, you can subscribe right down there. Uh, at 1067 the fan or if you're watching clips on my page as well at Craig Hoffman just go ahead and subscribe if you're if, if you're watching on one and you're already subscribed go to the other one and subscribe there just make sure you don't miss a thing <laughs> all right uh 
Kellen Moore and the Cowboys have mutually parted ways. Mike McCarthy is going to take over the day-to-day play calling duties and the day-to-day OC duties uh, down in Dallas, which I think is very interesting and possibly worth a discussion uh, for a second, just as one of the teams in the division now has a a new pretty important uh, coach, so to speak, new in in quotation marks there. Uh, And what does that mean for, for Dak in that offense? But, as far as Moore goes, does he intrigue you as a candidate here? Let's just start simply there. Yeah, I mean, he does. I think he's, he he fits uh, very closely what I think Ron wants to do in terms of run first. He understands the importance of the run game. He understands how to insulate the quarterback, and you see that um, when you watch them. I think it's a little surprising that they agreed to part ways. I, that's a weird way to word that, but um, it feels a little bit like McCarthy was kind of someone had to go so Dan Quinn did an excellent job this year he's an excellent job for two years so kind of like what happened with um uh Mike LaFleur up in uh New York how someone had to get fired it feels like this might be something similar to that where to keep for McCarthy to keep his job one of the coordinators has to go and he just kind of picked the lesser of two evils so um, I think also Quinn they're they're super psyched about what he's doing so yeah he's doing a great job I mean you watch what he did against San Francisco in the uh in the playoff game two weeks ago, like, it's like, man, that guy's balling. He understands yeah. what he's doing. He, it's excellent. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'd be a great fit. I mean, he's a young, uh, talented offensive mind. He played quarterback. I think that bodes really well for a guy like Sam, if Sam is the guy next year. So I do, I think he would take this job. No, but am I excited about him? Yeah. And, um, I think he's a, he's a guy that's going to be in line for a higher profile job, you know, maybe even a head coaching position if um, if things go well for him. Yeah, he interviewed and was one of the, the folks in play in Carolina. Um, and the thought was, wow, the Cowboys surprisingly are going to keep both coordinators after he didn't get the job in Carolina. And then it was like, well, actually, he, they're, they're going to make a change. And I don't know, he's He's a guy that's interesting because a lot of Cowboys fans are really frustrated by him, but I do think it's a be careful what you wish for situation. Right. He's, he's good yes. um, just because you made some questionable decisions with your personnel at wide receiver, uh, getting rid of Amari Cooper and uh, on Michael Gallup's not back to full strength because he was coming off an ACL in the very last game of the year last year. Um, you know, and, and some of the other younger guys are not quite there yet. Like that's the decision your personnel people made and Jerry Jones to an extent made. Uh, and to blame that on Kellen Moore seems silly, but there also are times where they got in some lulls and uh, there was some questionable play calling. There's there's some inconsistency with that offense that I know was a little bit more valid in the complaint department. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as trying, like you would, so you would on the merit of, hey, I might want to hire this guy. Uh, you would request an interview. Would you also want to request an interview just to talk to him and try to see if you can glean any information about how they think about offense down there in Dallas and, uh, you know, ask a couple of probing questions and, and for a, see if you can get some intel on a division rival? You know, I think um, I think people need to understand that it's, it's, it's closer. It's way closer. The NFL as a coaching tree is way closer than people think. Like I remember going to the Combine and coaches from different staffs who are buddies having dinner and they're talking ball. You know, they're talking, oh, like we do it like this and we do it. You know, so there is a lot in terms of insider information. I don't think there's any insider information that would be gleaned. I think that's the thing that I, I think a lot of people understand is when you watch film, 
it's insider information. Right. You get to see what they're thinking about. You get to see the percentages they're trying to run. You know, on third down, we're going to run this concept 60% of the time or, or whatever it is. On first down, we like these five runs. And so if you study it, you can find it. Now, I think there is an advantage to kind of saying, you know, like what what informs this philosophy? Why did you feel like you needed to do this with Dak or with whoever? And I think that that is really advantageous, that kind of next level of detail. But in terms of kind of saying, oh, we're going to get some like really good juicy piece of information out of this. I'm not sure that that's entirely true. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit, but it, it, it goes both ways. It, those conversations could be easily had, you know, if you have a good relationship with more at the combine at the senior bowl, at the wherever, whatever those big NFL events are, like those guys come together and they, ch- they talk and they talk a lot. And I think that's one of the reasons the NFL is such a big copycat league is because there is this constant dissemination of information. Like I, I went down to tight end you and I was like, George, like, how do you coach this, you know, this Zorro technique that you're talking about? And it was like, oh yeah, and just drew it up on the board. It's not like people are hiding this stuff. It's, it's, it's out there. And so, um, obviously, uh, I think if you want to have a conversation with him, like do it. Yeah. Great. Do your due diligence. And I think it's also good to have an interview with somebody who's, is he the best OC in the NFL? No, but is he like kind of maybe that second tier OC who's really, really good and just have a comparison point for some of these other candidates that are coming in. I think that is a really excellent way to look at it too. Like how impressive is this guy on the whiteboard from an X's and O standpoint and how does he stack up? to some of these other candidates, some of these young candidates, because, you know, Moore's a relatively young coach. So maybe yeah, London... At this point, he's got three, four years of play-calling experience. So Right, and so maybe London has a better interview and is a little bit more impressive and has better references. And you say, well, man, compared to Moore, maybe London's the guy that that is going to be a little bit more transcendent as a play-caller. So the, I, I would do it just to kind of flush out the evaluation, just have a data point, and maybe he says, yeah, I want to be the OC here. I don't think so, but... I think it's always good to get more information, have good comparison points, and just widen your your your, your knowledge base. I've only heard of one really like closely held secret, um, and obviously the the level that I've been around these conversations is different than yours. But a couple of years ago, when uh, Lorenzo was still playing, there was one summer where Randall Cobb was also in town working out with with us, mm-hmm. uh, with Chris Gores and, and myself and Zoe, and we were talking about Aaron Rodgers in the scramble drill and oh. Randall was like, I'm not telling you guys anything. He's like, I don't trust you looking at Zoe um, is like a, a player. And you yeah. know, he's like, I, we could play you guys in the Super Bowl, and I don't need, you know, in our scramble drill rules. Cause it like, it is like, he was basically like, yes, it is organized. It is not like we're going out there and, you know, running around just hoping that Aaron finds us like there are rules. And if we do this or if he does this, or if the guy next to me does this, then I do that and all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's like, he looked at me. He's like, I'm not saying anything around you because you're a press, even though you're here just working out with us right now. So absolutely not. Um, and so that was the one thing. And then it was funny because this season, Kalen Keller um, wrote a, piece for the athletic I think it was about Rogers hand signals Mm. and Rogers like was flaming mad about it because like some of his former teammates talked about him some of these things and he was so upset um, like irrationally upset and it was kind of a jerk about it because of course he was because he's Aaron Rodgers Um, but he yeah he he was super mad about the hand signal stuff and um, 
the like he the the Aaron Rodgers hand signals, Aaron Rodgers um scramble drill rules are the only things I've really heard that are like super secretive and okay, fine. How much of that is just Aaron Rodgers being paranoid versus like actual things that you couldn't learn by watching tape, etc. So just as a point of comparison, so Kirk, right? Kirk was here mm-hmm. for a long time, uh, obviously in Minnesota. Kirk went through these great comprehensive lengths to make sure that all of our hot words and all of our hand signals were super insulated. So every single week he would watch the TV copy. And if he heard like, so we had a cadence that was like yellow cadence. And he was like, oh, they heard yellow on the TV copy. we got to change it to dummy this week. And it's like, okay, so every week you're learning a whole bunch of new hand signals and calls. But he went to painstaking links to make sure that every single thing that he did was insulated and kept the offense sound. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers hadn't changed his hand signals for like, what was it, like five years is mind-blowing to me that that's even a thing. Because I guarantee you those receivers go to different teams. They tell the – so just as an example, I got cut from Atlanta. I went to Houston. We were playing Atlanta. And they said, do you have anything on Atlanta? And I said, yes. I just was in training camp with them. So I copied all my notes into a Word document and sent it to them. So they knew all the cadences. They knew all the two-minute stuff. That happens. And if you don't go around insulating those things, then teams are going to know from guys like me, from watching film, whatever it is. And I think – the, the transfer of coaches from staffs is also pretty significant. So the fact that Aaron Rodgers was getting heated about that, I think is kind of ridiculous, honestly, but um, you know, Hey, what, what do I know? So, yeah. Um, he was, it was so dumb. It was so, <laughs> so, so dumb. Like going after the reporter and it's like, that actually not what happened uh, in the piece. <laughs> if you read it, I didn't steal anything. Your, your guys just talked uh, all the stuff you need, all the stuff that you didn't know you needed. That's what we get for you here at take command uh, coming up later this week. Our second podcast that'll come out Thursday morning uh, on all the audio platforms, probably Wednesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday evening on YouTube uh, will be a senior bowl preview. Uh, so we will have Logan to actually down at the senior bowl uh, in mobile, Alabama. I'm, I miss that. It's one it was it was actually my favorite NFL event of the year. Mm. Um I loved going down to Mobile. It's just a super relaxed atmosphere. You get so much access. Mm. Um obviously for someone like you it's it's incredible because you get to like be at all the practices and um the 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 view that you'll be able to get a practice of all these prospects is is top notch. It's so much better than the combine in that way. Mm. Um so like the combine workouts it's funny because you're you're in indianapolis and then you're sitting in the hotel watching on tv like everybody at home dude you can't that was the crazy thing it's like i had good media access when i was in indianapolis but i couldn't go watch the stuff nope nope yeah. you're watching on tv so i remember yeah. being like with some of the trainers um that were training yeah. like um my guy yo murphy down in in tampa who had like the the last year i was there was like naeem hines year and I remember him wa- being with him watching Naeem's 40 in a hotel lobby. Um, so it's like things like that um, that are weird about Indy. But, you know, you're right there in Mobile. So Logan will be on. I think we might have one of our uh, our media scouting buddies on as well. So excited for that. Uh, we'll get into some of the top prospects in the draft, some of the top prospects in the Senior Bowl. Uh, that'll all be on the pod later this week. I know our guy Sam Fortier is going to join soon as well. So looking forward to having Sam on maybe next week. Uh, so plenty of good stuff. Uh, to come here on Take Command, which is why you should subscribe wherever you're listening right now. And we will see you Thursday, uh, again, wherever you're watching or listening or somewhere else you you can watch there too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.